one was okay, safe. I heard people get an accident, fender bender, rear bump, everything. Crashes, thank God for God's protection. So today, uh, a quick announcement. Uh, we're going to, um, service is going to continue. You know that. Sunday, if, when I'm not here, Joy knows how to hold the pose. We both co-pastor the church, so if I need to go somewhere or need to go evangelize somewhere, there's always someone here to always lift up the name of Jesus. So, I just want you to be encouraged. Uh, today's message is not going to be on uh, blessing. It's going to be on evangelizing, okay? And then we'll resume back into the blessing to finish out the month. But I just want you to be encouraged, guys, that... Um, we need to understand that we need to spread the gospel. Isn't that correct? Amen. If we spread the gospel, then people can know that there's eternal, eternity. And if they don't know, then we're not doing our part. But we are because God commands us. So I just want you to be um, encouraged. And this is... The flyer. Okay. Did you already printed it out? I'm going to give them to you. And our job is to, to pass them out. And it's not that hard. Maybe some people might be a little nervous. I was. When I first got saved, I was nervous. Because I, I didn't know how they react. Because I know that they're going to say, what's this? And then you say, oh, just read it. You're, you're afraid to talk. But th thank God that God gives us that... Uh, zeal to just want to proclaim the gospel. Amen? So today's message is evangelize the world. Evangelize the world. Let's go to Mark 16. Mark 16, 15. I'm going to be giving you a whole bunch of scriptures, so if you're a note taker, write it down. Because these are some of the notes of scripture you're going to give when you do this, someone might be ready to accept the Lord. And the question, are you ready to give? That's why today's service is going to give you that teaching. It's going to be a teaching of how to evangelize for the Lord. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you'll have your way, that this word will just encourage us, inspire us, that we may be excited and energized and get a kickstart of how we should proclaim the gospel to our community, to our inner circles of friends, to our distant relatives, to a person that we barely know, to a person that is a stranger to us. I pray, Father God, that we will be wise in how to speak and represent God in such a spiritual way that they may say, yes, I do want to accept the Lord. So we just thank you, Lord. You'll have your way in this hour forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's start with Mark 16, 15. Write that down because that's going to be some of your scriptures you're going to be encouraged with. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The creatures are the human being, us. We can't talk to a German Shepherd or a Labrador 
or a little boxer or whatever you want because they don't have a soul. Human has a soul. That's why we are that creature that can hear the word and they have an opportunity to receive. In verse 15, Jesus talks about go. He's talking about the disciples. In the book of Mark, it talks about the disciple in that chapter. If you read the whole chapter, it's interesting. It was because Jesus already resurrected. Jesus was risen. Okay, this is not Easter Sunday yet, but he was risen and then he was with the disciples. And then when the angel told him, wait a minute, where, where's the tomb been rolled back, the big old rock, maybe a couple tons, according to scholars? How can that move? All the soldiers were guarding it. Listen, guys. He was risen, and the ladies spread the good news. They ran and was excited, and they didn't believe, especially Peter. And the other disciples, they said, yes, we saw him. And they went to talk to the rest. And they didn't listen, and they didn't believe because of stubbornness and doubt. But when Jesus came, he rebuked them and said, well, you can't recognize me? Did you remember what I was going to do? I was going to rise on the third day. So that's the good news. That's the gospel. You need to share that. So the first thing he went and said to the disciple, go. How does that apply? Every person that are a believer is the same thing, a responsibility. Where do we go? All to the world. Well, we live over here in West Covina area, within a 20, 30 mile radius of every direction. So we start in our own hometown, okay? If you live in Fullerton, if you live in Azusa, if you live in Pasadena, start there. Good place to start is at your work. If you're not working, start with your neighbor. Whoever believes in Jesus forgives sin. Live eternal with God. See, that's the news that you need to share with the people. They are lost. Jesus said to repent. And these people have no clue that they're going straight to hell. So we need to share the good news, guys. He risen and you have eternal life if you believe. The good news is just that. The resurrection rose from the dead and he lives. I know he lives. It's not words of the Bible, but the Holy Spirit makes that alive to validate the word of God. As you grow in your relationship with Christ, here's the key. Another questionnaire, he will give you both the opportunity and the inner strength to share the good news of the message, what he's done for me. If I share what he did for me over the last 27, 8 years, it's amazing. It's like a roller coaster, up and down. I would say more down than up. But in order to go up, you must go down. 
It's because you have to hit the bottom pit of your life to get your attention. And that's what God does. When you're doing well, he doesn't, you can't even listen to him because you're doing all these things of the world. We need to do it. We need to survive. We need to pay bills. We need to make money. We get all that. But did that engulf your time 100%? It shouldn't. So that should excite you. Get one of this. It can impact someone's lives. Okay, and there's a scripture in there too. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is he, the man who takes refuge in him. Mark 16, verse 19. It says, So then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he received up into the heaven. Look at the promise that he fulfilled. Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. I want to sit on the right side of Jesus. I know everyone said that I want to be the right hand of Jesus. All the disciples were. And we're the same. We want to. We can't sit by God because it's already been fulfilled that Jesus is. Verse 20. This is the part that should excite you. And they went forth, preached everywhere. But let me back up a little bit on 19. And they received them up into heaven. Jesus was ascending the heaven. Guys, if you guys can just visualize that, you should get goosebumps. You should get excited. Jesus was ascending, going like this. Ascend, and everyone was just gazing like this. That's a beautiful moment. And all the people were gazing. Okay? And then they began to preach the gospel. In verse 20, it said, And they went forth and preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them. See, the Lord was with them when they did it. So when you pass this out, you're not alone. The Lord is with you. Okay? And confirming the word with signs following. Amen. In verse 19 and 20, it talks about everyone that preached everywhere. And the Lord was with them confirming the signs that follow that belief. Okay, six bullet points I'm going to cover, and we're done. First bullet point, you note-takers. Who's responsible for sharing the gospel as Christian? Here's your answers. Every believer that has a heart to proclaim the gospel. What about the five-fold ministry? They do that too. Some of the apostles, some of the prophets, some of the evangelists, some of the pastors, some of the teachers. They have their responsibility. But what about if I'm not in that position? What about if I'm nobody and I just love the Lord and I just love doing devotion and I just like to share His Word? You're that person. Because the Lord wants you to do that. Luke 2.49 says, And He said unto them, How is it that you sought me that... I must be about my father's business? What age was that? Age what? Eight. Uh, yeah. What? No. Twelve. Twelve years old. Maybe he was this tall? I think he's six foot two. Blonde hair, green eyes. I'm just saying. Everyone has a different... Well, his hair was wool. I know that. Very thick. Okay. And he's Jewish. Okay. I'm trying to visualize that. He was described in Isaiah. He was. So, are we in doing our father's business? That's the question. 
Everywhere we go, are we doing our father's business? Oh, I gotta get gas. Are you still doing your father's business? Oh, I gotta go shopping. Are you still doing your father's business? Oh, I gotta go to work. Are you just doing your father's business? You only need one word to impact someone's life. Did I tell you to share a story about me when uh, the word was proclaimed the gospel to me for the first time? Everyone knows the story? Long Beach Pike, once upon a time. 20 seconds long. I was walking with all my friends, about 16 years old. Having a good time. The pike, the, the roller coasters, cotton candy, popcorn. Woo! Having fun. Guess what? This scruffy guy, Caucasian, long hair, fridge. I thought he was homeless, but he wasn't. It smelled good. Because usually you can smell them when they approach you. Smelling clean. Oh, wow. You need Jesus! I said, You're crazy. I was 16, didn't know no better. And that word stood till today. I never forgot the person. See, these are impressions to you in your life, especially when you go to church. There's words that impression that start changing you slowly but surely. You start to transform to be holy then holy, faith to faith. You begin to mature in the Lord begin to understand his will in your life are you doing my father's business second bullet point what's the gospel i gave you a hint, tidbit on it here it is jesus if someone comes to you what do you mean by this what do you mean the gospel here's the answer so you guys can be confident in you how to explain to a person that don't know christ because you're responsible for that person so be careful because you're representing God. Jesus died for our sins. Number one. Jesus died on the cross for hours. Enduring the pain. And he starts speaking to God. Why have you forsaken me? Because of that sin was so great. He took the sins of the world. And he was on that cross for hours. Then he died. And gave the Holy Ghost. Didn't die completely. He just died. And then he was buried. And then he risen on the third day to fulfill the word. And the word that was prophesied years before Jesus came into play. And he can forgive your sin. There it is. Third bullet point. How do you approach people? How do you approach people? Here's your answer. What will be your technique into reaching people of the gospel? Now you know what the gospel is mean. Now you know who Jesus is. But some of you guys haven't shared the gospel yet to anybody. You might have said a one or two or three, but you've been saved for 10, 15, 20, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 60 years, whatever. You need to share the gospel. I, I can't think of how many I, I, I led to the Lord, but it's been a while. It's been a long time, and I just keep doing it. Then I know in the airway people are listening to the message. So they might have accepted the Lord. So I can't count. There's a lot. And at work, I just keep hearing people and go to my chores and do my errands. I always talk about the Lord. So anytime when the Spirit leaves me, it's impression. And I'm going to get to that point of the technique. 
The number one of the tools that you need is boldness in the Lord. Watch this. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to role play with you. Hello. Good afternoon. There you go. Thank you. Oh, no, no, just, just read it. See you later. Sometimes the Lord will be testing you. That could have been an angel. Uh-oh. Catch your attention yet? You never know if you're going to entertain an angel. So give it with boldness. I'm sorry. Here you go. Take a look at this. If you want to be inspired, if you want to hang out with people and strengthen yourself in your personal life, take this. God bless you. Boldness in the Lord. Well, what are some of the tools? Your own words. How you customize your character, your personality, your own words. All of us have different personality. All of us. Every one of us here. Okay? Here's another tool. Tracks. Tracks. But be careful. All tracks are not created equal. If you read the track, you better read it thoroughly. I've seen tracks. When I read it, I go, uh-oh, this is way out of order. Guess what? It was a different religion. Woo! So every track is not created equal. But it was sold in the Christian store. Mm -mm. Read it. Check it. Look in the Bible. Confirm it. And look at the exhortation, what they're trying to say. Uh-uh, I'm not buying that track. I read like 20, 30 different, different tracks and I could... No. Yes. Point on. Yes. Uh-uh, way out of line. Be careful. Door to door. Door to door. Hello. Hello. Look at you. Jesus is the center of my life. Oh, hi. My name is... I would love to share this with you. If you have any questions, let me know. We're here in the community. want to help and impact people's lives. To direct them according to God. Something like that. Just put it in your own words. I'm just giving you an example. Social media. All day long. Jesus is coming soon. If you think you have time for tomorrow, he might come in the twinkling of an eye. Some response said, I have time. I'm going to have my dinner. And then all of a sudden the rapture takes place. Events, activities, whatever events you want to set up, that's how you can implement it. Have a little booth, have a little prayer booth, whatever. That's how you begin to proclaim the gospel. TV network. My cousin is a producer and he's doing another project in London and he got another big thing. You know, I'm praying for him. Mark, if you listen to me, I'm praying. And then the last is the least offensive way. Here it is. Prayer request. Hey, is there anything you want me to pray about? Maybe about your family, the current job you're at, 
or you're looking for it, or you're running out of unemployment, whatever the case may be, pray. That's the less offensive way. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, then you begin to lead them to the Lord. For every soul you bring, every angel or dancing in a hallelujah, hallelujah dance kind of celebration. The fourth bullet point. What scriptures to use? I'm going to give it to you. That's what I told you. No writer, no taker. Write it down. Here we go. Romans 10, 9. Thou, if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt believe in thy heart thy God and raise them from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Boom. As clear as that sound, that person reads that and he is saved. Who's accountable of what age that's going to go to heaven? Uh-oh. We call that accountability. If you know between good and wrong, and you understand clearly who Jesus is, then you can accept them. I heard people say, I got saved when I was seven. Have you heard stories like that? I got saved when I was 11. I got saved when I was six. Six? Mm, okay. Accountability is to know who Christ is and have a clear conscience and know the word. You know from good and wrong. You know there's a hell, there's a heaven. Most people will say, there's no brainer on that. I'm going to go to heaven. But there's a price to pay. You need to endure and get the crown of life and to get your reward in heaven. So Romans 10, 9. The famous John 3, 16. Can anyone recite that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed it, there's the key. Whoever believe in him should not perish, but have. Okay. So as simple as that sound, tell him you'll have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Preaching myself happy. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto him, repent. See, that's the key, guys. When you lead someone to the Lord, you need to tell them to repent. Acts 2.38. Peter said unto them, repent. Jesus said that in most of his sermon. Repent. <laughs> Because there's a hell, guys, and it's real. And be baptized in every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So simply repent, be baptized, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay? Romans 8, or Acts 16, 8, 16, 17 says, And it was he fallen upon them, and only were baptized in the name of the Lord, verse 17, and they laid... Their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Spirit. The Scripture. Okay. Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and open the door, I will come to him and I will sup with him and he will be with me. See, guys, the door is always open. Sometimes we don't open the door or look on the other side or we don't knock or whatever the case may be. The door is always open. The door is, God is always right there in the halfway. It's up to us to meet him halfway as well. John 14, 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way. You hear these scriptures, but sometimes you don't remember the scriptures. 
it's okay. But I encourage you to know the scriptures. Because one day they're going to look for the scripture of what you remembered of the scripture so they know what they were saying. Pay attention. If he is the way, the truth, and the life, that's John 14, 6 now. If he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come unto my Father but him. So Jesus the key. You need to come through him in order to accept and go to heaven. Okay? Acts 4, 2. Neither there is salvation in any other. In other words, there's no other salvation, guys. No matter how many religions you try, I've seen one person said, I tried five different religions and I can't find nothing. But when they found about Jesus, they were so content and fulfilled, their soul was satisfied. It's amazing. After you search so many places and then finally you search the right place and you knew who Jesus is, and then all of a sudden, your life begins to change. Acts 4.12. There's no other name, no other salvation given that's under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them that gave them power to become sons of God, to them that believe in his name. There it again. Believe. The power of he gave to become sons of God just basically means the right to become a children of God. Romans 10, 13. The simpler and fewer words is the best. If you want to be a little bit more technical, you, the thing is you might, you, you might lose that person you're trying to minister to. So I'm going to give you a simple one. It's almost like three or four words or just about five words. Romans 10, 13. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Look how simple that is. Acts 16, 31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. See? After you lead them to the Lord, you say, Is there anyone else that you want us to pray for? Yeah, my brother, my mom. I'm the only one. And then I tell them, Get ready, you're going to go... You're going to have a whole bunch of opposition. Satan said, man, I'm going to drag them back into my world. And the angel said, not so. That's a child God. i got to protect them. That's what's happening in the spiritual realm. My favorite is Acts 2.21. I always say this one. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Simple to the, cut to the chase, right to the point. So these are some of the scriptures you need to memorize. Now, when I started to do the evangelist team, I was in charge of that, okay? I had to memorize a lot of scriptures. And you had to take a test. So I took a test. And then here's scenarios. And I had to role play with them. Here's what I did. So I got very confident. And I said, yes, I can do this. And then when I went to do it for the first time, I got nervous. My, one of my first evangelism was... And Nickerson Garden. If you've never been there, you don't want to travel at night. All kinds of stuff going on. Okay? Guess what? 
I was in the neighborhood, the other pastor, I was under uh, the pastor that taught me all what I've learned. And one of them, and then the one other pastor, those two very influential people in my life, who, where I stand now and what I am now. He said, Brother Nick, go there and share your testimony. How you guys say, oh, that's easy, man. no big deal. I got this. Boom. And this guy was the leader of this gang. And guess what? And I observed him, and I'm praying. I'm quietly praying. The guy would do this. And he's sitting with us, with two other pastors. We're ministering the word. We're doing a tag team. As one is ministering, the other is praying. And there was a lot of commotion going on. And the leader just told one guy, and the guy went over there. Another guy went in the car and checked out. this. So he had his group organized. And I was nervous. But when I began to speak the word and the testimony and the scripture started to come. And then I said this, and I said this. And then you know what he said? Yeah, my grandma been praying for me and I need to get back to church. See that? There's changes in there and the heart be begin to start to change. I need to get back to church. Do you see that? And this is a, a leader of a gang. So these scriptures are important, guys, to understand. And to understand that you need to speak with God's wisdom. And we're going to touch base on that. On this next one. Jesus set the example. The fifth bullet point. One more after that. Jesus set the example of how to win souls for God. Proverbs 11.30. It says this. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth soul is. So you're wise. Here's a parable. You can take it two ways. I'm going to give you this example. I said, the spirit of the living God, should I share this? Here it is. John 21, 6. Write it down. And he said unto them, cast the net to the right side of the ship, and ye shall find it. And the cast, therefore, now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fish. In other words, the fish net was about to break maybe a couple tons and that fish is probably 50 to 100 feet long here's my point on that that's a parable of blessings and also the parable of being obedient and the lord knows all things where the fish may be we are fishermen of men we look over the soul that are lost and we need to bring him unto God man and woman must be compelled unto God to win these souls before they go straight to hell because no man is promised for tomorrow because you can slip right to eternity whether to be with God or to be separated from God forever and we have the ability and the power with our own means to go out and reach and preach the gospel. Well, not no preacher, pastor. I didn't say you need to be. The Lord will lead you who to reach. I'm going to give this example. It was me, one, two, about four of us. Okay? There's always a woman and a man. They go two by two. Sometimes there's a three by three threesome. Either two male and one 
female or two female and one male. Because if you knock on the door, you never know who's going to be there. Is it going to be a female and you have three males? They're going to feel very uncomfortable. If it's a male and there's three women, the guy might like it, but the point is they're going to feel uncomfortable. Okay? My point I'm trying to say is simple. The Lord will teach you where to go. So we got together, about four or five of us. We prayed. We were on the streets. We already prayed up. I was fasting already. Anytime when I go witness, I fast. I don't eat nothing. Okay? If you guys need to eat something, then go ahead. If you guys have any health condition, make sure you take care of yourself. But I just do it for myself because I know where I stand, where I know I have to be very sensitive to the Spirit because He's leading us. Okay? But in that parable, Jesus is class. Cast it on the right side, Peter. Lord, we've been doing that all night long. Nothing there, so we went to the left. Cast it again. Lord, we went to that same house twice. Go again. And all of a sudden, they accepted the Lord. So we, the Lord spoke to my heart, and I was in charge of the team, witness the team. He said, from the church, make a left on the first, because here's the church, and it's all residents. So we went left and the first house. I said, make a left and go to the first house. I said, okay, Lord. So I did. Knock. Instead of having a track, I was saying it like this. Do you know the good news? That's what I said. That was my line. Sometimes I use it. It depends on how the spirit leads. I got some great news. One guy said, what is it? And I tell him. See, that's your boldness and your character that you develop. And that person in that first house, in that first street, they accepted the Lord, three of them. My point, guys, is not because of me. The Lord said, cast it to the right. So your obedience led to the blessing, to the salvation of those people. You know, every time I'm talking to a stranger, I'm going to give you a technique. This is what I do. And you can try to implement it. Oh, How's it going? And he's talking away, and then I go, in my, mouth, in my mind, it says, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm not saying this out loud. I'm saying in my mind, Lord, what do you want me to say? Got it. And then all of a sudden, you go, and after you finish, oh, I didn't mean to, I just wanted to share this with you. And you go, man, were you a person sent from heaven? I needed to hear that. So guys, you never know who you're going to leave. Imagine Billy Graham at the age of 99, a prolific preacher and teacher. That guy was impactful. I have great respect for him because not only what he did, how he stood and not compromised the word and dealt with all those presidents. Back to Nixon days, Johnson days, that was way back. And he impacted those lives. Because you never know when you lead them, you can disciple them. What do you mean? It'll be another name after you. So that's how you do it. You begin to disciple them. The third part of that, when you do fishermen of men, is connective spiritually. What to speak specifically. See, if you're talking to someone, the reason why I say you fast. I guarantee it from experience, and the word backs it up. If you ate steak and egg with Heinz 57 or A1, and you had toast, and you had 
waffles on the side and you're going to do your evangelism, nine out of ten times you're not going to hear from the Lord because you're so basum. You're so full of food, of protein, you can't really be in tune. Some of you guys might, but in reality, Jesus said, I must go to the wilderness to pray and fast for the day and lifting up all my disciples and my apostles. So there it is. In order to cast a demon, one day you're going to knock and all of a sudden you, you feel something, like a check in your spirit. Knock, knock, knock. And the guy opens the door and says, What do you want? Um, I just want to give you this. Don't hurt me. I don't know you. So you should be going. Thank you. Have a good day. Here, here, here. Bye-bye. Demon possessed. The Bible says that in order to take those demons out and cast them out, if they're not saved, you know they're going to have that demon. How many? You can call them. How many are you in there, demons? We are legions. Many. How many jumped out and went into the swine, which is the pig? If you do the illustration and read it, about 2K, 2,000. No way. Yay way. Read it. How can they often in there? Oh, don't worry. They manage. So when you open and knock on the door, you better be prayed up. Not to scare you, but that's just life. You go to Skid Row. When I went to Skid Row, when we were doing the food ministry, we were in that area to see which organization what they were about, and they were legit. And guess what? We partnered with them. We did the food ministry. But when I was walking, I, I discerned stronghold. There was drugs going on, illicit sex going on. They had everything going on. My point is, there's strongholds in people's lives. So when you begin to minister the word, you better be ready and be full of God's wisdom and speak and be in tune, connected spiritually. That was the third part. Here's the last. Six of the six bullet points. Here's the punchline. After a person accepts Christ, then what? There it is. Encourage that person you led to the Lord to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that's what I did. I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know what? When I read it, I was sad. Oh, they crucified Jesus. But when he risen, I got happy. I go, yes, Lord. And I was just a baby in the Christ. I got excited. And my emotion was showing are you lukewarm or are you on fire for the Lord? I'm kind of in between. Oh, be careful. The Lord said he will spew you out of your mouth in Revelation. What's next? After they accepted Christ, go to a church with these characteristics. Brother, have you been going to any church? Not really. Here are some of the list of things that you need to check off. Here it is. There's four characteristics of a church that you should go to. And not everyone follow them. <laughs> the word of God being preached slash teach. Hallelujah, praise God, hallelujah, amen. That's your offering. See you later, God bless you. It's not about just preaching. Although Jesus preached, but he teached too. When he was in a synagogue, all the Pharisees, said, man, how old are you? 13, 12? They were in awe when they heard him speak. 
So when you speak, let it be God's wisdom. And the person says, aha moment. Wow, thank you. I appreciate that. See, that's how you connect it in the spiritual realm to speak what needs to be said and done. So has it been preaching and teaching there? There it is. Is the scripture context over-spiritualized? Don't do it because you're trying to raise money. Is it on point and answered backed up with Christian spiritual scriptures? Or should I just say Holy Bible scriptures? Is it backed up by scripture? Or are they saying their opinion and there's no scripture behind it? Uh-uh, be careful. Is it all about preaching and teaching? They go hand in hand. Well, I'm so used to hearing preaching so I can say hallelujah. But sometimes you need to hear the teaching. Jesus did both. He taught and he did preaching. Matthew 4.17 says in the NLT version, From then on, Jesus began to preach. Repent your sins and turn to God and the kingdom of heaven is near. In other words, coming. Here's the second point of the characteristic of a church that you should have. And explain to the person after you led them to the Lord. Here it is. Freedom of worship. Freedom of worship. Here's an example. Watch this. Are you afraid to express by lifting up your hands and voices, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And the people will look at you. Watch it. Here's how you know when people are looking. Watch it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Who cares who's on your left and right? If you're in a big church, you're going to see that. They're going to be watching you and say, oh, she's cute, but why is she raising her hands up? Tell her to put her hands down. She's getting too over-spiritualized. I've seen it. Yes, Lord. And the ushers come in there. Calm down. Calm down. Whoa. Let me get another usher. Back him up. Come on. Babies rocking. Toddler, disturbing the whole service. And everyone, man, I can't even hear the word. Usher comes in there. I'm sorry, man, I have to take you up. No. My point is, you need to worship the Lord. There might be side distraction. Are they so busy about, nah, you can't do this, no, no, no. Let it be. Because if you're a small church, you, you can be flexible. When you're in a big church, they become more organized. Now they become more religious, so to speak. Because they go into the law, the rules and regulation. There is order in the house. But don't let it over supersede. If the spirit's moving, let it be. Okay? Is it a religious setting where you are run to worship with the music? No instruments, only vocal, light effects, like disco. You ever seen that in the churches? Usually that's in the worship. It's okay. No problem with that. It's about where you stand with the Lord and how you're starting to grow. Does that bother you? Does it affect you? Do you become judgmental about these things that surround you? So, worship Him without no distraction. The third one, prayerful. 
I've seen a lot of churches. Just the church around the corner where we live, that church is probably 10,000 strong. About eight to 10,000 strong. Every time we approach the church, there's a walkway from the parking lot. And there's a big parking lot, I think it's an Edison parking lot. And they have police stopping the traffic on both sides and all the people are crossing because they, they can't be late for the service. Amazing. And they do that every morning. And for some reason, we haven't seen it lately, but it may be because of the fact that the time difference. But the point is, these people are prayerful. And here's how I know. There's a prayer office right there. And I always see the security guard. There's always one, two, three, four cars in the middle of the night between two and four. There's always someone praying. And then Friday nights and Thursday and Wednesday night, there's about 30 to 50 to 75 cars. Amazing. And they pray in that prayer room. See, Joy and I are prayerful. We have to because if no one else is praying, we are. But I know you guys are praying. So that's what I mean by a prayerful church. Here are the ways to assemble. Group gathering for intercession daily or weekly. Three types of prayer. This is where you need to be careful of not separating yourself in the church. If you're conservative, you're going to have a different belief. If you're too charismatic, you might be this versus this. Here it is. Petition is one. Two, led by the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? There's a feeling in my heart, I need to pray for Mommy Jerry. Yes, Lord, I lift her up that her foot will be healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's being led by the Spirit. And then the third is praying in the Holy Ghost. And that's in Jude 1.20. Let me read that. But ye, beloved, building up yourself on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That means there's a tongue, a gift. Sometimes people might not understand that gift. You might not have the gift. I doesn't love you less. I love you the more. Because you know what? We love them unconditional. What if I don't have that gift? Okay, you don't have it. No big deal. You still get in the spirit by talking and thinking about the cross. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for salvation. I thank you, Lord, for delivering me. That's how you stay in tune. When you're prayerful in those three categories, if you have it, do it, use it, and glorify God. Here's the last of the church characteristics. D, signs and wonders. Let me explain. Healing, we pray for people's healing all day long. You know why? Because that's needed. Everyone has some kind of illness. We all do. Now, if you're young and you're 18, I get it. You're still young. Wait till you reach my age. Deliverance. Signs and wonders should have them. Breakthroughs. What kind of breakthroughs? Addiction. Lying spirit. Personal guidance. Here is what I mean by that. Job, relationship, school, and deeper spiritual. When you start seeing these changes and people giving their testimony, you should be inspired. 
by those people giving those testimony because, wow, because of prayer, I'm in. People pray all the time. In closing, evangelizing the world one person at a time, group settings, large functions, arena football and baseball fields, tent revival. These are all ways to evangelize. Me, I like to evangelize wherever I can. I had this league where I bowl. Right? And most of them are all Filipino. Okay? It's a Filipino league. And they're really good. Okay? And guess what? They come up to me and say, Hello, Father. And I go... Some say, Hello, Mister. That's all. The word got around. I don't know how it got there. But it, everyone's starting to spread. I go, Whoa, what happened there? I said, And I kept saying to the Lord, I go, Lord... How can I proclaim the gospel with these people? They love the ball. And slowly, surely, I'm getting to some of them. See? So just the timing. And I'll say, everyone stop bowing and look at me. Repent! If I do that, they'll say, man, get out of here. My point is you need to be bold when it's time to be bold. And there's time you need to be just relaxed and calm and poised. And then, da-da-da-da, I'm ready. When you go out shopping, do errands, chores, out and about. Win them for the Lord by using wisdom from above. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I pray, Father, that we have the boldness, the zeal, the excitement, the energy to go out and tell someone about Jesus. The good news. The gospel. Jesus' death for our sin was buried and risen on the third day. I thank you, Lord, you'll have your way. And for the people that hears my voice in the airways, I pray, Father God, that you will guide them. If they don't know who Christ is, I pray in the name of Jesus, for those who believe shall be saved in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you want some prayer, you can come. That's what I pray for you.